Okay, welcome to Finding Your Motivation. I almost forgot what my show. I almost forgot the identity of my show. My name is Steve Stazak, and my company is Leaders Speakers. We sponsor or we created the uh, Finding Your Motivation show. We have guests that are motivated and have done well in business or what have you, made some breakthroughs to their limitations and all that wonderful stuff. Basically, uh, my company, Leaders Speakers, we are a motivational company. We help people become, get over their, not only get over their fear of public speaking, but become more efficient and effective speakers. And not everybody is, I can guarantee you that, because I've been doing this thing for about nine years. So my guest tonight, and I do have guests every week, interesting, great, positive guests. And my guest tonight is man, uh, Matt Handshaking Holmes. He's a marketing entrepreneur, a world record holder, and a world record holder of handshaking. And I said, how long was your, you know, what was the record? Then he said it was 42 hours. So with the Guinness World Record um, breaks that they had, he had shook hands for 46 hours. But without any further ado, I'm going to let Matt tell us a little bit, uh, give a little bit more about his, about what he does. And um, take it away, Matt. Yeah, great. Thanks so much for having me, Stephen. And hello to everyone listening in. My name is Matt Handshaking Holmes here from Denver, Colorado, most of the time. And uh, yeah, as Stephen said, it was a long week and I shook, I held the world record for the longest handshake between two people, which was indeed 46 hours is when we stopped the timer. Guinness allows you to have breaks five minutes every one hour if you want to use it. So after we deducted breaks, we broke the previous record by one hour, putting our record at 43 and a half hours. And that was a long weekend. It started Friday at 11 a.m. and ended Sunday at 9 a.m. <laughs> So was your hand sore? I know that's a pretty boring question. Pretty no, it, it's, it's not. We had to have a doctor there and we had to put our, arm, our, our entire arms in ice water afterwards. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> I don't think we were risking our lives like some world records, but we, we did need to make sure we took care of ourselves because that's a, a, I mean, we were awake 50 hours. I would think not. Yeah. So um, yeah, handshaking wouldn't be that strenuous. I wouldn't. I wouldn't believe. Not the right. first few hours. No. So, but your hand was probably not really sore, but it was tired. Yeah. And yeah. an arm. Okay. So Matt, in addition to being a world record holder, he has a unique way of connecting people in business. So tell us about that. Sure. So originally I was called Handshake and Holmes by my friends back in 2013, I did a, uh, a temporary position working on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., which meant that I saw congressmen and senators walking right in the halls where I was working for six months. Mm -hmm. And uh, every time I saw Paul Ryan or any of the other famous politicians, whether you're on the left or right side, I didn't really care. I would ask, hey, can we take a photo? And I would always take a photo shaking hands because I, <laughs> I thought it made it look like we were close Right. And, and friends and buddies, if we were shaking right. hands instead of just standing next to each other. So that's when my friends started calling me Handshaking Holmes. And that's where the idea was born to build a company that helps people with connections. And that's kind of been our vision the entire time. So, okay. Tell us about your, about your service, your connections. Sure. So in the early days, I was hosting a video series trying to figure out how does networking play into 
entrepreneurial success. And I learned by asking mentors and eventually venture capitalists, billionaires, of course, members of Congress. Uh, the one thing they all said was you have to provide value first. Whoever you meet first, you got to just provide them. That's, with the that's correct. Yeah. Amount of value. And uh, that kind of applied both in the business industry. And once I started interviewing the really high ups, the billionaires, they said that you need to provide value not only in your industry, but also outside of it. I remember John Paul DeJoria, the founder of Patron Tequila, Paul Mitchell Hair Products said, when you're driving down the highway and you see that car broken down, that's your opportunity to make the decision to help that person now and pull over. Don't say that you'll do it next time. Do it this time. And that was something that really stuck with me through the years. And so what so does that mean? What does that mean in, in relation to how successful he is or what, what, to, what was yeah, to me, motivation behind that? To me, that, the, what that meant to me is that you shouldn't even hesitate. If, instead of providing value here, providing value there and thinking about it, don't even hesitate. Just provide the maximum amount now. So he used that for a short example. Yes, and also outside of your industry, a lot of us only want to help if we sell services to business owners. We only want to help business owners. Right. You should relate to that. Gotcha. So tell me about some of the other billionaires that you uh, interviewed or met. Sure. Um, well, I've interviewed Kimball Musk, which is Elon Musk's brother. Yes, the founder of PayPal, SpaceX. And what does he do? Uh, now he's working on, when I interviewed him, he was working no, on- No, Kimball Musk. Yeah. Kimball Musk. Yes. What does he do? Well, when I interviewed him, he was big on the kitchen community, which is kind of a sustainable food uh, entity, which had restaurants and lots of different projects. He, I think he's more full-time on that than uh, the more popular SpaceX and Tesla that we tend to hear about. Right. Is he his younger brother? Or? Uh, I'm not sure which one's older, actually. I was just wondering who got started first or who motivated who, or if it's just inherent in his, inherent in his family to be, you know... Just to be just to be motivated. Yeah. That's or have a good that question. drive, I should say. Yeah, with my interview, I asked him more about external connections, but that would be interesting to interview him about his familial connections and, and how they portray those relationships. So what other billionaires that somebody would well, what other billionaires? I've had one other billionaire only. That's Jeff Hoffman, who's one of the uh, entrepreneurs behind Priceline.com. Right. And he He's a very friendly guy, easy to, easy to talk to. I just messaged him on LinkedIn and I did not even have an introduction where the other two I had introductions. So uh, yeah, Jeff, Jeff Hoffman's a great mentor now. He has lots of coaching programs. He's working with some of my other friends, I believe. So uh, yeah, he had some great lessons too on uh, just keeping your employees retained. I think he has one of the most incredible stories on how he kept all of his early stage employees all the way until they either went public or it was a different milestone. It's been right. a couple of years since I interviewed him. But so, okay, interesting. So when you approach these folks, what is your, you know, how do you introduce yourself? Why, why do you have the, uh, I don't want to say credibility, but what, what, why do they, why do they, why do they talk to you? Well, because it's, it's a benefit to them. I'm not asking for anything except just a small amount of time. If an hour is too much, I'm okay with 15 minutes. And I'd like to promote your success to everyone I know. That's why these interviews. How do you here, do that? Uh, usually with a cold email, unless I can find an introduction, but I don't limit it. No, to no, that. no, no. How do you promote them? How do you promote them? Well, I had my video series back 
when I started Handshake. And I, we're not running that anymore, but I did that for a few years. And that's on handshaken.com slash videos. Now, I noticed that um, it mentions some, something here in your bio about professional brand, promoting the professional or building the professional brand through handshaking services. Yeah. So back when I was interviewing these folks, I realized that even my friends who had more credibility than me could not get the meetings that I was getting. So I thought that I would try to offer personal branding services to help them with that. Uh, and I tried that for a little bit, but we, that wasn't as profitable as, as what we're doing now. You know, if I build you a personal website, it might open up some opportunities, but it doesn't make you more money this month. In fact, it costs you money. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, now we're on to uh, more profitable strategies than that, even though my passion still does lie in helping. Yeah. Folks. So what is your core business then? So, yeah, the, the video series was, this was seven years ago when I started Handshake. And, and the, the video series was kind of for the first few years and personal branding services. But where we really started to catch some traction was by selling phone calls to real estate contractors. Now, let me back up and tell you how we got there. Instead yeah. of building a website for you based off your budget and what you can afford, we found that most of our clients didn't want to do the full package. So instead of trying to sell clients a full package, we just built our own websites with the full package. And instead of doing personal branding websites attached to someone's name, we just picked a service in an area. So the first website that we built was Fort Collins Concrete Contractors. Right. So you got your city, Fort Collins in Colorado, and you got your niche, concrete contracting, driveway, sidewalks, patio repair. And um, sure enough, when we applied all the marketing we knew how to do to that website, Within a few months, people started calling it needing concrete quotes, and we began selling those phone calls, uh, directing them directly to a concrete contractor that would give a quote, and we would earn 10 times more from those phone calls than trying to sell them a website. So we started launching more, and today we have 125 almost. 125 what? Uh, niche and local websites. So instead of Fort Collins Concrete, we might do Fort Collins Carpet Cleaning. We might move down to Denver, do Denver Concrete Contractors, for example. And we've got uh, 125 different, they're called niche, lead generation websites is what we call them. So could you, could you just to give it a little more clarity, because you went over sort of quick. So you build these websites, but they're not their websites. Are they temporary website? What are they? It's a website that we own not the client. Gotcha. Yep. The client just pays us for the phone calls and the, the results of successful marketing. Okay. So why are your websites more potent than somebody else's website? What do you do to optimize it? How do you, how do you, how do you get folks to come to the website? Um, well, we don't have to convince folks to come to the website. We just have to convince Google that ours is the best website for what people are already searching for. So uh -oh. For those familiar with SEO, search engine optimization, you could consider us a type of local SEO company. So we're really just building websites that Google views as the best websites in that city for that niche. That's going to be pretty expensive though, isn't it? Well, we tend to launch about 10 websites and we compete at, at a time and not all of them succeed. If you want all of them to succeed and you want to do 100% on every single website, right. yes, it would be expensive, but we don't need to do everything perfect. We just need to beat the competitors in that city. Gotcha. 
which is not always that expensive, especially if you pick a smaller city. So how do you different? How, what, what's your, what's your secret sauce there? Without divulging any, any, any SEO tricks. I mean, why, why do, how do they pick your website over? Well, they might not. Some people contact our website and then they contact the next one and the next one. Right, right, right. These quotes. Um, but we're not really competing against every single website. We're only competing with other websites on the homepage. And I, I'd say our special sauce is the fact that we still offer a local phone number that you can call and text and talk to a human. Where, yeah, you know, I, I, you know that, that's funny because nine times, eight times out of 10, when I'm trying to contact a company, you cannot talk to someone. And if you do get their phone number, they're not there. Mm-hmm. I called a couple of realtors to ask them about some advertising they did in my church bulletin because I want to get their feedback. They didn't answer the phone and they can't be that busy. Um, well, they could be showing houses or what have you. But that's just one short example. There's a lot of companies I'll call and they just don't answer. Mm-hmm. Nor call back. Some, some, somebody, well, somebody calls my business and I'm on it. Yeah, good. I get an email. I've got, you know, a form that's, uh, that my folks will fill out a form and send it. I'll get, I'll be on that. I mean, as soon as that, that thing pops up, I'm on it. Great. Yeah. That's what people want. And it's harder and harder to find. I guess, you know, that's when people should have answering services, but there's gotta be a different, there's gotta be a different method because answering services, they don't really accentuate the company at all. You know, you're talking to somebody an answering service. And when you, when you sense that, then sometimes your credibility goes down the tube. credibility, your opinion goes down the tubes a little bit because you're like, oh my God, this isn't a company. And it just gives you that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So what percent of the time should a startup founder spend networking? Yeah, I think that depends on what their goal is of networking. But I think this should be a recurring weekly task. You know, every week you should be identifying a few people you want to reach out to. And the next week, you know, you should be attempting to reach out to them based off, you know, what your goals are. Uh But again, this is a long-term process. You should be doing, you should be paying attention to networking on purpose every single week for years. This isn't just something to do when you're fundraising or just something to do until you get a big customer. If you really want to reap benefits, it's about always providing value in all directions, you know, at least looking at that weekly. Well, I've been trying to get myself into networking events every week. Awesome. And I've been going to some conferences too, because I just now started to promote my business heavier with after this COVID. Well, during the COVID thing, um, I contract myself out with a couple of companies and, um, so I, I, I lost some attention, some focus on my own business, but I'm pulling the plugs out now. I got everything going on. Awesome. But networking's huge. Have you ever heard of JT Fox? Let's hear about JT Fox. You should Google him. <laughs> well, he's, he's a big entrepreneur. Uh-huh. Huge, huge, huge. He claims he's one of the best sell from stage persons in the country. He claims he's one of the best salespeople in the country. Cool. Yeah, if you can Google him there. But he is having a conference in West Palm Beach in, in early December, December 1st to the 5th. <clears throat> He's one of those guys that gets the movie stars uh, uh, up there and 
all this other kind of, he's got a lot of hype going on, but he's really good. Um, I've been tending, he's been having <clears throat> Zoom calls with special guests and some educational, entrepreneurial, educational type stuff that you can do for your business um, about every week. I've been, I've been on one of his calls just about every week. Cool. This is the, yeah, I see it here. Mega success. Right. That's where I'm going. Yeah. Cool. I want to think about that. Um, The hotels are all getting booked up now. I mean, I I got my flight uh, a couple weeks ago and, uh, but I should have gotten the hotels are filling. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Bill Walsh? I have heard of Bill Walsh. Isn't that the old Whole Foods? No, not him. Not Jack, I'm Jack He's dead. Oh. So these guys are entrepreneurial uh, business coaches uh, worldwide. And they're, uh, anyway. So I've been doing a lot of that. But that's why I was, when I'm talking about networking, when I go to those events, of course, you meet potential clients. Yeah. Yeah, so I try to go to either in Charlotte, I try to go to one, at least as many network events as I can do in a week. Awesome. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard getting those folks following up. You, I, what I found out is you got to get those people right then and there. Oh, yeah, the follow-ups, everything, and a lot of it. I mean, we all get so many notifications. Someone might remember you and they might love you, but if you don't ping them, that's multiple right. times to make it convenient for them. I mean, ping them on Facebook, LinkedIn, email, email them a couple of times until they tell you no, that doesn't mean that they're not interested in engaging with you. It just means there's other notifications that are more interesting or distracting. That's or right. Maybe, maybe they're driving. Who knows? <laughs> right. And you know how people are. You know, most people aren't motivated. And, and I'm saying that I should say, you know, highly motivated. And yeah. so you have to, you have to get people off their butt to put it plainly. Everybody True. says they're going to do something and they really don't do it unless there's a fire under their butt or something pops up and they, and they have to, for whatever reason, they have a, a need. Yeah. Or even if they have a need, like, you know, there's a lot of people out there with that really have an issue speaking, you know, getting up in front of an audience for one reason yeah. or another. I, I imagine that is a, it's a big, scary step for many of your clients. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the biggest one. Well, that's the main one. Yeah. And then they, they don't think about it after a while. Right. But, and then there's, then there's the folks that, you know, yeah, you can speak in front of, you can speak in front of people. You don't have a problem with that, but they're not being as effective as they can. Yeah. Having a concise message. That's a journey. Well, yeah. Or just being able to sell the audience. Yeah, it's tricky. Okay, I've got another question for you. So, um, here you here you go. This is a good question. This leads right into this, I guess. So, what do entrepreneurs miss about networking? The opportunities of being one of the few people that provides value. Most people we know want something from us, but when you've known someone for three years and every time you engage with them, you get something out of it that person is one of the few people you know like that. And that's what entrepreneurs miss is being on the other side of that, is being that type of person. Uh So, you know, the other thing too, you mentioned, you brought up something earlier, creating value. When you do meet somebody, and I've had, I've been wrestling with this, trying to figure out how to create value quickly. 
But I think if you do that right off the bat, you offer them something, then, you know, they're more apt to, you know, be a potential customer, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it would be wise to speak a little bit more about what does providing value mean and in what circumstance. It, it depends where you are and what you're doing and how much time you have. I mean, conferences yeah. can be busy. Networking events can be busy. It really depends. Right. So I found, I'll ask people what their specific pain is. They'll say, well, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I have an issue getting up in front of people. I said, well, wh what is it? It's a lot of different reasons. It can be that you don't, you're not comfortable or confident with your content simply. Yeah. You know, it may be because you think people can, um, out in the audience, may be able to read your mind or they just, you know, one or two people may intimidate you, you know, how to, how to, you know, I mean, there's, there's just so many different, there's so many different things. Yeah, absolutely. Context is important. So where should an entrepreneur go to find them and go to find mentors? That's a good one. Well, I'll steal I've from through of, a few of those myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've, I'll steal from one of my mentors. The, the best advice I, I've been given that's, that's actually worked for me in terms of mentors that came from a mentor that's not actually one of my closest mentors, but but he gave me this piece of advice that that's really helped me actually get mentors that I can talk to every single day. If I want to, they even talk to me and he said, find one mentor. That's where you want to be one year from today and find a second mentor. That's where you want to be 10 years from today. And that's a good way to kind of figure out, you know, what, what do I need to do today? But what do I also need to, need to consider a little bit more longer term? Where, where do, like, the question is, so how do we find these mentors? Yeah, so to find a mentor that's actually going to make a difference for you, they need to have some type of vested interest in your success, right? I think so. So how do you, how do you find that? I, I think to get your foot in the door, you need to provide value. You need to show them that you're a safe person to introduce to their friend. You're a safe person to invest their time with. And the way you do that is by not being hungry for a sale. The way you do that is by providing value and showing them that you're in this for the long term and helping one of their friends or helping them with something. Uh, so I think that's the way to get your foot in the door. And then, and then to kind of find a mentor that's going to be vested in your success and also contact you from time to time is that's something that might come a little bit later. Not everyone's going to be a great match that comes with time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I found, cause I, I, I worked with some business coaches, but they didn't turn out to be, you know, a good match for me. Yeah. I've, so, I've, so, you know, I, it's really, you got to find it, it really, it's, it's like, it's not like looking for a needle in a haystack, but, but it's a definite search to find a mentor or business coach that's going to provide you with what you need that fits well with you. Cause there's so many of them out there. Yeah. I've, I've never had much success with a paid mentorship relationship. Right. I've tried that. I've I did tried too. Paying coaches, but that's just a conflict of interest. You want someone who wants to do it because of who they are and who you are, not not because you're paying them. It is, but but not to say. I mean, some of those paid masterminds or paid coaching programs, some of those can be a great, you know, three month sprint for your business. Right, like, and that's what that's what the Power Team International 
is I, I paid a fee up front and I'm good to go to those masterminds whenever I, you know, when they have them, which is fine. Yeah. But that's something good. The masterminds and JT Foxes, he does like a mastermind type thing too. Yeah. I, those, think, I think those are the best. Yeah. I think if you're going to pay, it's better to be involved with a type of relevant group versus a coach. So, yeah, but it's, yeah, I agree. So good. We're on the same page there. Um, so this question here, how can networking and relationship building be used for entrepreneurs? I think we sort of covered that. Um, I've run into some people just in networking that I felt like gave me a little insight into how I can improve and grow my business, to be honest with you. Some people that have walked the walk and talked the talk in other businesses, or I should say oh, walk the walk. Yeah, yeah. You know, learn from some of their trials and errors and just ask them questions. Yeah, definitely. Growth, staff, hiring, a lot of that stuff can be passed down in different industries, I think. Yeah, so I definitely agree with you on the, uh, yeah, the paid business coaches and things. I think the masterminds is probably a good way to go. Oh, yeah. And what mastermind have you ever done one yourself? Yeah, I've been in business seven years. I've done three different, I like to call them three-month sprints. Like all of them are almost three months. They all yeah. have a cost and they all have different communities and there's no one right one for you, but- I don't hey, think more, so. Yeah, I mean, it's they're, they're little sprints to kind of sharpen your tool set as a business owner and each one can teach you a different thing. There's not one that's going to teach you everything. I, I think you're right. I agree. And I'm still weeding through, like I said, Power Team International. Seems to be a pretty decent one. I've met some really good folks there and got some good information. Um, but the only thing is with some of these groups, the thing that I don't like is when they, you've already paid to get in there and then they're always trying to upsell you. I know yeah. products. That's, that's the only thing. <laughs> yeah, that's not fun. No, no, no. It, it, it should be all inclusive, but they, they, they try to, they upsell you every, every hour or what have you. They, they've got intervals where they try to, you know, they try to upsell you on some of the products that they can provide and anyway. So, but, uh, well, we're about down to the bottom of the hour here. <clears throat> Do you have anything that you want to add? You want to conclude um, with? I it's mean, the floor yeah. is yours to sell your, sell I, yourself, I would, uh, your expertise. <laughs> Sure, sure. So, I mean, I, I would just recap everything we've talked about. It, it comes down to networking not being something that you go and you do it when you need something. It's something that it's a seed that you plant years, decades right. in advance, and you nurture that you nurture that seed until it's grown into something substantial. And then sometimes you can pick the fruit from it when it's needed, but right. not until you grew this entire network that we're describing to be a, a seed that grows into a large tree. You know, sometimes you can, what, what's the, bear the fruit, enjoy the fruit. What's the, I feel like there's a saying I could use out of this. It but, sounds uh, like it, doesn't it? <laughs> but anyway, I just want to conclude that, you know, networking is not something that you go do when you need to raise funding. If you want to launch your startup in three years and you know you're going to need investors, start building those relationships now and start helping your investors with something you can help them with. So uh, it's not something you go and do when you need something. It's something that you should have already been doing for years. Right. No, I agree. I agree. So anyway, Matt, I want to thank you for broadcasting out of 
Puerto Rico, did you say, or Costa Rica? Costa Rica this week, maybe Puerto Rico next week. What are you doing in Costa Rica? Uh, right now, I'm just uh, working remote. I'm here with my girlfriend from the Philippines. Oh, and, uh, okay. We're just, I was in the U.S. for two months and lived in, I lived in Philippines during the whole pandemic. Got oh, back to the U.S. for two months and there was too much going on. I was selling a property and catching up with family. So I needed a break to get back online and stay focused on my business. So here I am. Good for you. Well, Matt, I want to thank you very much for being a host, or guest rather, on the show. And um, I'm sure folks are going to get a lot out of this interview here. And um, once again, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for all the listeners for tuning in. If you guys want to have a conversation about networking, we have lots of content on our blog on handshaking.com and appreciate you guys' time. There you go. And once again, this is brought to you by Leader Speakers, yours truly, Steve Stazek. If you're looking to get over your fear of public speaking or become a more efficient and effective speaker, go to uh, leaderspeakers.com. We can sure help you out. Thanks again, Matt. Have a good evening. Thanks. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. See you later. Enjoyed having you.